0: This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are recapping last Sunday's Super Bowl. After I'm sure you've heard everybody else's recap, but first, a few housekeeping notes. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show on whichever podcast platform you use so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. And... As an additional note, this is our last episode of season two, with the Super Bowl being the conclusion of the regular season, postseason, and everything else for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, There really isn't any major news to discuss other than maybe we can put forward some awards, although I don't think there's much to discuss. We kind of have already basically assumed that Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. Cooper Cup did win the Offensive Player of the Year. He also won the Super Bowl MVP, which we'll get to here in a second. But we're going to take some much-needed time off, and I don't think we're probably going to be back before at least the first couple of weeks of free agency to basically let everything kind of shake itself out. We're better as a reaction show than a preview show, and our predictions have made that abundantly clear over the first (laughs) year. So with that, there isn't any news that we haven't really discussed already. The Vikings announced their coach, but that's basically been in waiting. For a couple of weeks now, basically waiting for the uh, Super Bowl to be over. It was the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, and a lot of other coaching staffs are trying to shake themselves out. We haven't had too many major cuts or anything else going on so far. I think the only one I've seen so far was da- uh, Dante Fowler Jr. from the Falcons got released. But other than that, I would expect a lot of things to start happening right around where we get to the salary or, excuse me, the franchise tag. Zone, which I think is February 22nd through March 5th. And I think March 1st is the beginning of the league calendar year. So we'll start to see movement right around that point in the year, probably in about two weeks. So I would guess that we're probably going to be off for a month here. But let's start then with the Super Bowl. And that will be the dedication primarily for this show uh, before we come back in about four weeks. So, first off, Rams win 23 to 20. What was your initial reaction from the game?
1: This was a good Super Bowl. Um, It was everything that we kind of hoped it would be. And it came down to a bunch of plays late. And it really had you on the edge of your seat. This is one of the better Super Bowls that we've had in, in a long, long time. And I think it was two teams that if you really wanted to, you could figure out a way to root for both of them. I know I was going for the underdog most of the way but some people like Odell's story and Aaron Donald's story and there's there's there a bunch of different ways you could be invested in this game and I think it really proved that it was a really good game until late but I still think it was one of the better Super Bowls overall.
0: Well, by comparison to last year I think it's obviously a much better Super Bowl. What you want is that competitive back and forth game that feels like a true conclusion. But I don't think the Rams were the best team in the NFC, although Mm -hmm. I thought they were a deserving team to be there. I thought they were at least maybe one of four teams that I thought was at least a fair representative seeing the Bengals. There is kind of like when Butler made it to the championship game of the NCAA. It's a nice feel good story, but do you really take them that seriously? And I know Butler did almost win both of those games, But still, it just kind of leaves this weird lackluster taste in your mouth when it's not like Kentucky versus Duke. So with that being said, I don't know. It was a competitive game, but the second half kind of dragged for me. There were a lot of commercials. There were several three and outs. The Bengals really couldn't move the ball past that interception that basically gave them their last points of the game, and they were kind of just trying to hang on. So it was a matter to me more of – can one of these teams put together a drive that will basically finish the game and the rams did at the end to get the the go ahead touchdown with i think what a minute left maybe a minute and a half and that ended up proving to be the decisive score but i don't know i don't know if i would say it was one of the better super bowls we've ever had it was certainly competitive it was a worthy super bowl especially com- by comparison to a couple of the blowouts we've had in the last few years but i put you know, maybe the Patriot Seahawks Super Bowl or the Cardinal Steelers Super Bowls ahead of them. We've had been treated to some very good Super Bowls in the last decade and a half.
1: That's your, yeah, I, I guess for me, it was the story of the Bengals, the young Bengals. I just think it had a lot of great storylines in it to make it one of the better Super Bowls. I'm not saying it's the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. That Super Bowl jumps out to me as the Titans and the Rams that one year. Oh, sure. That's probably the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. But it was a more entertaining than we've had in kind of recent years. I, I, I'm i seriously thinking back right now um, in my head of like when was the last great Super Bowl that I've ever seen. And it, it has been a couple years for me. So this one was refreshing is kind of really what I mean.
0: I don't know. I didn't think that the Steelers-Packers game was all that bad. I thought that the Chiefs 49ers a couple of years ago was a pretty good game and gave us a lot of big moments, especially that fourth and I don't remember how long that they completed to Tyreek Hill that basically took over the game and then they had that big comeback at the end. Uh, You want to say about entertainment, the second half of the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. I mean, it was kind of the tale of two halves in that one, but that's an epic Super Bowl if you ever ask me. But compared to maybe the Rams and the Patriots from about three or four years ago, oh, for that matter, the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. I I really don't think that we've had a lot of bad ones in the last couple of years, other than the fact that the Patriots ended up winning too many of them for me.
1: Yeah, I guess that's where it lies. There are just it was two teams, two refreshing teams, two teams that you really looked at it and it was like, I, I don't really think the Bengals are as big of an underdog as people kind of think they are. I just thought it would just
0: matched up really nice.
1: It was entertaining to me. Okay.
0: <laughs> Fine. I'm really not trying to argue that point, but I really did feel that the Rams were going to run away with this one early until the yeah. Odell Beckham jr. Injury that happened in the second quarter. And unfortunately that leaves us with a big gaping question into the off season. This was a guy who seemed to have put his career back together with half a season in the LA offense so where do we go with Odell Beckham Jr. going into this offseason now assuming that he has probably a torn ACL
1: yeah I think it's been confirmed he does have a torn ACL so it's going to be about a year or two before he's fully and completely healthy at that point you know it takes about a year to come back from these typically I know it's getting more and more routine of a surgery which is just crazy to me I think we should do away with turf altogether but that's a completely different story but it takes a little bit to come back from that type of injury to trust your body and to trust your knee especially someone that's had a knee injury like this before too so you know it's so dynasty wise this is probably the worst thing you were you were riding this so high and you saw the value maybe the trade value, but you saw him maybe even buying into another year, taking a cheaper contract to come back with the Rams to see if they could all do it again. And you were excited about that. And then to see that he'll be out for an entire year, uh, maybe more, that's dynasty wise. It's absolutely frustrating.
0: Well, and I look at this kind of in the same light as a Jamison Williams, or I can't remember the other wide receiver from Alabama. That's uh, probably going to go. Oh, John Mechie that both tore their ACLs in the SEC championship game and the national championship game for Alabama. And they were both projected to be wide or first round wide receivers in this year's draft. I think Jamison Williams is still going to be, but he's likely going to be out for most of next season. This is an injury that unfortunately due to its timing, I would not expect him to play at all next season. And if you're a dynasty player and have him on your team, as I do, I immediately thought, okay, if he's going to be out for the year, I really have to think about whether or not I commit a roster spot to him. And given his age, that he's going to be 29 and he's going to be a free agent, I don't know if he's going to find a home anywhere next year. I would expect that the Rams, especially with avoidable years, are going to cut him. And if that's going to be the case or unless they work out a long term deal, I just don't know if he's going to have any long term value. Obviously, you don't need to make that decision immediately. You have several months to declare your team and your roster. But I, as it sits right now, I don't think he'll be on my roster when it comes to the draft. Oh my! You think that's about his. I mean, you made you a lot of, of points. So. And his team yep. situation, you don't know where that's going to be. And again, I'm not firm on that. But where it sits right now, him missing an entire season, and by the time he comes back, coming off of two ACLs in what three years going into his age 30 or 31 season. I don't know if I can justify keeping it his roster spot.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And everything you said makes a lot of sense. It's just, that's kind of the first I've kind of thought about it.
0: Well, and the other thing to consider with that is, is, okay, what is his potential value at buying him back? Nobody's going to take him in the first round of a rookie draft. So you have a possibility if you really still like the player of picking him back in maybe the, third, fourth round, although even there, I wouldn't necessarily consider it. So you have the possibility of reeling it back in, but those roster spots are so coveted in some of these leagues that I really wouldn't be doing it in the league we have where you're only having 15 guys every year uh, carrying from year to year. Obviously, in the ones where the rosters are expanded, I think that becomes a different conversation, but I'm basing it on our league's setting. With that being said t higgins touchdown what did you see on the play
1: i mean i can understand why the ref missed it it was very very quick and it didn't really look like he grabbed him by the mask initially it it just looked really really weird to me so i can understand why he missed it still a great grab
0: though well i missed it too on first glance when the play happened i'm like why the hell did ramsey fold out yeah. It just didn't look right to me. And I was trying to figure it out. And there was such a shock level, it being the first play of the second half, that it didn't completely register to me. And all of a sudden they were just going for the extra point. And so I'm like, okay, if they're gonna move on, so am I. <laughs> I don't know. If if you consider it a just dessert situation where it's like like for like as far as a, a penalty should have been called, they probably got their karma with that phantom. Pass interference or holding call on third down and goal uh, from what was it the eight yard line at the end of the game?
1: I, if that is a makeup call, that's a terrible spot to make it. You know what I mean? Uh, oh,
0: I grant you that. But
1: that's so frustrating. I know we're. I don't know if we're getting into that just yet, but
0: well, I mean so that's funny. the next item on my list. So let's go with the late flags. I mean, really, this was a game that didn't have a lot of flags this except so the clean. obvious ones until yeah. the last. I don't know, series of the game, essentially.
1: <laughs> that absolutely drives you insane. Uh, you you get, you, you feel out. You know, the first quarter in basketball and in and, and football, you're, you're feeling out everything about the game, the refs, the other team, everything. And then you play a certain way all game long. And then all of a sudden, something that has been allowed all game long, you're going to call, And especially in a spot like that. You know, this takes me right back last year to Packers, Buccaneers. That all was that was my bullshit. thought, exactly. It was, it was absolutely, you cannot make that call there. You absolutely cannot make that call there.
0: Well, you had the, to let
1: these teams play. You got to let them play. Let them fight for it. You, they, you've let them fight all day long.
0: The and only was, justification that I heard that at least made me think an extra second was essentially that you allow these guys to basically play with this all game. And then they keep just taking advantage and taking an extra inch and an extra inch until they finally get to that mile point. And it's so egregious that you have to call it. But even in that situation, it's really tough to call that one. And the one they ended up calling it on was really egregious. And I think that was supposedly going to be a makeup call for a penalty on the previous play. So I don't know if you're caught as a referee in the makeup call situation, but realistically you cannot make up calls at the end of the game. You either have to call them or they're just gone. They're moments in time and they're fleeting. It's not like the middle of the game where something can be done after the fact, but man, the, the amount of times that we've talked about the refs on this show for the last two years, I, I just, I don't understand it.
1: And I'm not a ref, I'm not a ref hating guy. Like, you know, me, well, except in high school
0: basketball, you were very much,
1: (laughs) but you know, me, like I don't enjoy getting coaches fired. Like that's not my thing. Like, and honestly, I really don't, I'm not one of those guys that's like, Oh, the ref costs us this game. I, I I just, I can't be, but like, you cannot make that call there. The, The second one, the second one on Cooper Cup, yes, that was that was most yes, definitely a I hold. Agree. That's something that you can call. But this first one, you cannot make that call there unless you absolutely know there's too much on the line.
0: Oh. And then
1: you give them an automatic first down as well.
0: Exactly. That like, was the it's biggest thing to just so me.
1: much. Yeah, exactly. The yardage, the the, yardage the, is, the yardage is, is bullshit. You get three more chances.
0: But the downage, that was going to be fourth and eight. And yep. you called basically a phantom call to where I thought that could have been textbook as far as coverage from a linebacker on the running back. And it was beautiful. That just Exactly. I mean, the amount of times that linebackers are grabbing running backs, this yep. was not one of those cases. Nope. And so this was kind of a weird one where I don't know if he didn't see the right angle, but you would have loved to have like a sky judge kind of looking in and saying, okay, there's an obvious error here. And that just isn't the case right now with what the NFL is doing.
1: Even after that, I know this isn't on there, but even after that, I still thought that Joe Burrow was gonna lead them down there. Just that just the type of respect I don't know that he's already started to command, I think, out of a lot of people. Just the way that he just keeps it all together. And I personally thought that he was gonna at least make a run at the thing.
0: I didn't really think he was until he completed that pass to T. Higgins. Yeah. Or excuse me, not to T. Higgins, to yeah, Jamar Chase down yeah. the sideline. Mm-hmm. But yep. even on a third and one and a fourth and one play, and I guess we can go into that portion terrible of the game. Calls, just man. two bad play calls.
1: Two terrible play calls.
0: Especially, and I know you as the Mixon owner are probably a little prejudiced on this, but why do you give the ball to Samaj P Ryan on a third and one? can not tell you. You don't have Mixon in the game, and he's ripped off a lot of yardage in this game against a really talented run defense. Boy, I mean, that's kind of an odd call to me. Couldn't tell you. All right, so let's get into the more peripheral stuff around the game. What did you think of any of the commercials?
1: None really stuck out to me. I mean, back I feel like back when we were in high school and stuff like that, that's when the commercial golden age was going on. I don't feel like that anymore, and I haven't felt like that for a couple of years.
0: Well, I don't think a lot of the biggest companies spending the most amount of money are really in the game as far as what they're trying to do. There were a couple that probably stood out to me. But I think if I'm just rolling back through my head, the certain commercials that I remember, the only one that I can think of literally off the top of my head right now is the electric Chevy truck commercial with the Sopranos theme song. But other than that, like none of them really stuck out to me. And unfortunately, I think the commercials usually suck anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I would have to agree with you.
0: And the biggest problem with that is, is now we have to see them for the next eight months. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right but uh the other thing that was the big topic of conversation hip-hop finally came to the nfl at least in a major way the halftime show i have my thoughts but what were yours i'm sure you were pretty excited with the headliners in this lineup Uh,
1: yeah it was a pretty good halftime show i'm not i'm not crazy about any of the people that were up there, but I I thought it was entertaining and it was, it was a big jump, I think for the NFL, I feel like that was a, that was a pretty big jump, but they're in California. um, I'd be really interested to see what the halftime show was going to be like in Vegas. I think that'll be, that'll be a fun one, but yeah, I mean, it was in California. It was, it was pretty good. I don't think it was the greatest thing that I've ever seen before, but then again, I don't really get up for, the halftime shows all that much anyway. So it was pretty good.
0: Personally, I have liked some of the halftime shows that we've had the last few years. This one wasn't necessarily as special to me as some other people, but I thought it was finally the NFL acknowledging that you had to brace into a new generation of people. And realistically, the football fans that they've always been trying to adhere to are the guys for a certain nostalgia of music in their mid 40s. Well, the guys in their mid-40s now aren't into Bruce Springsteen anymore, but they were into NWA and Snoop Dogg and the rest of these guys from the 90s. So it made sense that they were going to go into this, especially because I guess Jay-Z's Rock Z is the primary sponsor or coordinator of the halftime show now over the last like three years. So I would guess that we're going to get more and more of this type of stuff. I would be curious for Vegas, but that's a couple of years down the line. Next year's in Arizona, if I remember correctly. But that being said, it is
1: in Arizona next year. Yep.
0: For me, who actually does like most of the musicians that were on stage, this was okay. I didn't think it was a great showcase of their music. I thought that, you know, fine. But honestly, when you have one solo performer, I think it's usually a better halftime show than when you get like four or five of them that's just kind of like mishmashed and kind of all muddled together. But, you know, that's just me. No, so, I,
1: that's kind of how I feel too. So it, the, I, uh, but I agree. You know, the NFL made a huge leap here. You said it exactly right too. They're, they got to reach a different type of, of people, even though they're the most successful sports out there i mean you're always growing but yeah it was as a halftime show it was it was okay
0: but their primary audience that they're trying to reach with commercials are you and i now and yeah. this is the stuff we grew up with so yep. that's exactly what it's going to be so the other big question coming out of the game immediately is are these teams going to be back there's always the notable super bowl hangover but where do you see both of these teams going into next season
1: I I agree with you. What you said at the top of the show,
0: the Rams aren't the
1: best team in the NFC. They're well, they're the best team in the NFC. We know we know they're not the best team in the NFC. A fully healthy Buccaneers team even beats that team.
0: Oh yeah, I I well eh, the matchup there isn't great between both of those teams, but I would say Tony, man. Two, a more healthy San Francisco team would have beaten them. But they're going to be changing quarterbacks, at least we're assuming. Tom Brady retired, and we don't know what the status is of Aaron Rodgers, although I think it's very likely that he's back. Is this the best team if they do run it back? I mean, they really loaded up to be this year, but they're not as big a cap hit as some other franchises like the Saints or the Packers.
1: You know, they won't have OBJ, even if they wanted to have him. And Robert Woods is still we don't know how much Robert Woods is going to be of himself as well. And I feel like they do need a second wide receiver. Now can Van Jefferson be that guy? We all know how I feel about Van Jefferson, but you know, Cooper cup is not going to have the same year that he had. I just, I cannot see that happening.
0: No, there's going to be an automatic regression. And for that matter, Stafford's probably not going to have as good a year as he had this year. So I, I can't imagine that, They're going to be able to completely run it back. They're a year older. Aaron Donald's still a force. Jalen Ramsey's still a force, but they're going to have some holes on that team that they're going to have to fill in the draft, and they just don't have the picks in order to do it. So that leaves the NFC pretty wide open going into next year, but I think you could make a case for anybody that has probably the best quarterback out of that complete conference, because the other one, I just think if if we're going to turn our attention to the Bengals, everybody was saying, oh, this will be the first of many Super Bowls for Joe Burrow. Can we really say that? I mean, really, he's going to be in the same conference as Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert, let alone the fact that there are probably some other quarterbacks going to be coming up in that uh, system. I mean, Lamar Jackson's also there, too. And in some ways, the way they ran to the Super Bowl felt like kind of a fluke. So... I don't know if he will be back. I, I can't obviously say that, and I don't know if they're going to even win their division next year, let alone get to the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, are you saying if they're going to be back ever? I don't next know. Year? I mean, Dean you know, Marino got you. to a Super
0: Bowl in his second, or excuse me, maybe I, I his third I, season. I but, saw the
1: whole list. I, th- I saw like yeah, Jim Kelly made it his second year as well, and then he made it the year after, and the year and you know he did something on Twitter anyway. Um, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. Very tough conference, but I feel like he, he's going to get better. You know, Jamar chase isn't going anywhere, but it's really what they put around him. And is it something that the Cincinnati front office can figure out? They've drafted great. They have drafted amazing, but they, um, they there's a lot of holes that they got to fix. Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like everyone feels like they're kind of run at this was, a pretty lucky run and a lot of wins that they had this year was off of the foot of uh the kicker McPherson. So I don't know. It is tough to say it is a tough road back, but I'm not putting anything, anything past Joe Burrow, especially this only being his second or third year in the NFL second.
0: Yeah. Second full year. Yeah, Well, yeah, he, he didn't finish his first full year in the NFL right. because of the ACL injury. And frankly, I was very, scared for him during the game when he came up limping after you saw how, but that matters. Matthew Stafford also had that weird ankle twist or whatever was in the middle of the game too. Just kind of the line play didn't really pan out very well during the course of this game. And I, I think he got graded out with a MCL sprain by the end of it, but they definitely need to upgrade the line. If they're going to have any hope of getting anywhere close to the Super bowl ever again. So Early prediction for next year's Super Bowl. I'm going Green Bay. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Let's see. I'm
1: going Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay versus Denver. (laughs) No, (sighs) for real, though. For real, though. I I am going to go Green Bay. I I don't know who I have uh, out of the AFC. Like you said, there's so many good teams, so many good quarterbacks. I guess just off the top of my head, I guess I'll go Packers-Chargers
0: there feels to me something a little bit broken after that AFC championship game now with Kansas city. And so I think the Kansas city dominance just isn't there for me. So if anything, I think I'll go to the next best quarterback in that, that conference. So I'll go with Josh Allen, but if you're talking the NFC, the two best quarterbacks remaining in that conference are probably Russell Wilson, who's had two really bad, well, the bad year and a half essentially And Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers, I have to assume they're in the mix because I really don't like any of the other teams or quarterbacks in that conference right now. So I'll go Bills-Packers.
1: That'd be a fun one. That would be two fun fan bases enjoying a really fun game.
0: Well, again, you get one of the older quarterbacks versus one of the younger ones, and you get the matchup of possibly the torch passing either the guy rides out into the sunset or the new young guy finally gets his title and gets crowned as like one of the best players in the league.
1: Let's take it to Hollywood, my friend.
0: Well, it's kind of what they thought the Tom Brady Super Bowl was going to be. And then it just kind of or fizzled out after about the first quarter in that one. But we had that with Russell Wilson and uh, Peyton Manning going back a few years too. And that one didn't turn out very well either. So, all right, (laughs) that's going to do it. For the most part, on the Super Bowl, let's just do a quick couple of recaps on the playoff over unders. I finished the year at a 539 and 39. You finished at 39 and 35 with actually a pretty good Super Bowl run. You were three and two at the over and unders. Dana was three and two on the season. I was one and four in the Super Bowl. Even though some of the bigger bets that I would have actually made on the total and who won the points, etc. I actually would have done well gambling in this Super Bowl, but uh, Joe Mixon, 64 and a half rushing yards. We both took the under. He had 72, so we both got that one wrong. Odell wow. Beckham Jr., five and a half receptions. You took the under. I took the over. And for a quarter there, it looked like it was going to be well over, but it only ended at two because of the knee injury. Joe Burrow, 273.5 passing yards. Both of us took the over. He ended at 263. Longest pass completion. Thirty-eight point five. You took the over. I took the under, and it was that seventy-five yarder to T or T Higgins that opened up the second half. Yep. And then the last one, T Higgins, sixty-eight and a half receiving yards. We both took the over. He obviously got it on that one play. I think he only had like four receptions in the game, but a hundred yards even for the game. So we both got that one. Uh, finally, the playoff fantasy draft. You had eleven point eight points out of Jamar Chase. For this week, giving you a grand total of 352.3 points, I had 25.5 out of Cooper Cup, I had 14.1 out of Joe Mixon, 19.45 out of Joe Burrow, and a whopping .2 out of Sony Michelle, who I think finished with less than 10 total points for the entire playoffs, and yet I had 59.65 points for the week and a 526 point total over the four weeks of the playoffs. So I won that handily and uh, you'll have to let me know when uh, you want to bring out the uh, old ball and sticks.
1: Yeah. Let's golf sand Valley.
0: Sounds good. I haven't actually been out there, but I haven't in since my sister used to work there. Thank you. To all the...
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Thank you to all the listeners and dynasty players out there. We, we appreciate you. We will be back again next season, but until then,
1: until then stay safe, everyone. Talk to you soon.
0: If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at dydownload 2020 Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.